Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Everything's going to be all right. Amen. I want to sum it up this evening in our study, in which I've titled it, Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. Oh, that's a good one. And, and it's, it's good because it's up in, the, up in the skies, up yonder in the clouds. We're not going to Mars. We're going beyond, going to a better place, home sweet home. We've chosen to begin in the book of 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 44, one verse of Scripture where the Apostle Paul throughout this chapter has talked to us about resurrection and the assurance of a resurrection. And he emphasized that Jesus Christ was the first fruits and we're going to be the later fruits that are going to come forth. He said in this verse, it is sown, the body. It is sown in, uh, it is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So Paul speaking here of the change that's going to take place uh, one of these days from the natural to the spiritual. It's sown as a natural body. It's going to be raised a spiritual body. There is, Paul said, and it's interesting how he, he concludes this verse. Of course, to him, it wasn't the conclusion of a verse, but in our Bible, it's a conclusion of the verse. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. He keeps, he repeats this as if to drive home the reality. We're in the flesh now. We're in a natural body that's subject to problems and headaches and heartaches and limitations and frustrations. But this is just a preparation room. And the Lord's given us assurance that this body is going to be changed. We're going to take on a like unto him, his body. We, we will have a body just like the Lord's. Uh, be, be like him on that great day of tomorrow when it all takes place. John tells us so wonderfully in 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. He said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We don't know. We got an imagination. But we know this, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. I remember talking to an older gentleman many years ago when we were pastor in St. Louis. Somehow I got acquainted with him and visited him in his home. He had all these different kinds of charts. I think he was the man that baptized uh, Bishop Kilgore 
the well-known Texan preacher. But anyway, he had this doctrine that uh, we're not born again yet. We'll just be born when the rapture takes place. We'll be born again. Of course, I disagreed with him, and I let him know. I've been born again. I have been born again right now. I have a, I have a spiritual taste of what heaven's going to be like. Amen. So we don't know what it's going to be like. We, again, imagine. But one of these days, and there's, there's an important phrase in what John said here. He said, we shall be like him. Now, the reason I'm putting my uh, words, the reason we need a spiritual body is because that heavenly home we're going to, we couldn't make it in this body. We have to have a spiritual body. And that spiritual body is going to prepare us for that home, that sweet home where the street is gold and the gates are pearl and the walls are jasper and no tears stain the street of that city. Amen. So it's important that we realize I'm going to be like him. Now, the question, of course, that arises from this statement is how was he? How was he after resurrection? Listen to what Luke tells us in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible, undeniable proofs, being seen of them for 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. Showed himself alive. Alive. He wasn't a spirit floating around. He was alive. He showed himself alive. They saw him. They touched him. He challenged Thomas, touch me. Go ahead, put your hand in my side and feel in my hands. He was real. We speak of being alive now, but you know, you and I, we're, well, we are alive, aren't we? We are alive now, but it's a momentary life. Momentary. Even if it's even if you get old enough to be 84, it's a momentary life. And I think of, uh, I saw Sarah, uh, Samara and Emily a while ago, and I thought of their great-grandfather, Brother Parrish, that used to listen to our broadcast, him and Sister Parrish, very faithfully in Eminence, Kentucky. And I talked with... Uh, Tiffany, I guess it was the other day, and he's getting ready to celebrate, uh, celebrate his 100th birthday. A hundred years old, and he's still going strong. My, my. But anyway, we're alive now, but it's momentary. Mom Listen to what James says in chapter 4, verse 14. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. It appeareth for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Amen. So whether you live to be 84 like me or 100 like Brother uh, Parrish, or if, you, if the trumpet sounds and you're only 16, it's still a temporary existence. But all oh, we're getting ready for something that's going to be eternal. Uh, again, in John 20, 27 is where Jesus said, reach hither thy finger. Behold my hands. Reach hither, hither thy, hand, thy hand and thrust it into my side. And yeah. Be not faithless, but believing. The resurrected body of Jesus Christ was a real body. Now, I've heard of those teachings as well that say we're just going to be a bunch of spirits floating around up there. Well, isn't that something? I don't want to be just a spirit. You know, I might bump into Matt and not know it. We just go through each other. 
No, it's going to be real. I believe I'm going to see Abraham. I believe I'm going to see Isaac and Jacob and Daniel and Isaiah. I believe I'm going to see Peter and James and John and Matthew and Mark. I think I'm going to see them. I think I'm going to see Brother Shepherd. I think I'm going to see Brother Dick. I think I'm going to see Sister Idy. I think I'm going to see Sister Harrison. Uh-huh. Throw me a name. I'm going to see what you're going to see. Who are you going to see? Huh? Your daddy. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to see Brother Gene. Amen. Brother Dale. Amen. I think I'm going to see them. Uh, not a spirit, but a man. A woman that loved God while they lived for God through this old world. Now, I don't know if the resurrected body is going to be real. It's going to be a body. It's going, it's going to be, you're not through with me. Even after resurrection, I'm still going to be around. I'm going to have my hair back probably. But, but it's going to be me. You know, when we, we're not going to meet somebody on Hallelujah Avenue and say, now, who are you? Well, Brother Walls, this is Brother Gene. I knew you for 50 years almost. Amen. Uh, no, we're, we're going to know one another. We're going to see one another, not spirits. We're going to be glorified, freed from pain, freed from all these other different things that we're, we're living with now and enduring now. Uh, now, this is M.L. Walls, chapter 16 and verse 5. I believe we're all going to be 33 years old. <clears throat> Just think what I'd look like if I was 33. <laughs> Now, now, don't you go and leave this place and tomorrow say, Bishop Walls said, the Bible said we're all going to be. Th-. No, I didn't say that. I said, this is my opinion. Because, and my reason for this, and I got a, I got a scripture for it. <clears throat> my reason for this, that's how old my Lord was when he died. That's how old my Jesus was when he resurrected him. That's how old he was when he ascended back into the heavens. And mama, if I'm 16, that'll be all right. If I'm 84, that'll be all right. But that's me. I, think, I feel good about thinking that. I'm going to be 33. In the, in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, listen to this passage. Verse 41. We're, we're, we're thinking now, what was Jesus like after his resurrection? Because that's how we're going to be like. That's how we're going to be like after rapture, after glorification. We're going to be, we're going to, well, that's what John said, wasn't it? First John chapter 3. We're going to be like him. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we're going to be like him. Well, in Luke chapter 24, listen to this, verse 41. While they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broil of fish and of a honeycomb. He took it and did eat before them. Now, what does that tell you? <clears throat> he was glorified, had his glorified body, and he ate. He ate. Mama, can't you just imagine? Some fried chicken, mashed taters and gravy and corn and green beans with no tomatoes. Can't you imagine? So, obviously, Jesus ate now, I don't know, he might not eat anything after that, but he ate. 
And my point is, in the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 9, the Bible says, He saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to a supper. I'm going to a supper. I've got a place already prepared. Going to have a, possibly a nameplate, a golden nameplate in the front of where I'm going to sit. And my name's going to be it. It might be sitting next to Matthew Brown. Wouldn't that be something? We're going to sit down and have supper. Amen. And somebody asked me one time many years ago in Ohio, said, Brother Walls, you think of the marriage supper, we'll have uh, chocolate cake and, and fried chicken? Uh, they knew, I guess, I like it both at the same time. And... <laughs> I don't know what it's called, marriage supper is going to consist of, but I know it's going to be good. And, and why have a supper if there's no food to eat? It would, be, it would be a misnomer to say supper. Supper. And there's no food because you've got a spiritual body. You don't need any food. I don't know. I haven't got it all figured out, and I'm not worrying at night and having nightmares about it. But I know when I get home, there's going to be a big table spread. <laughs> Woo! I don't know who all is going to be the servants, but I'm not going to be a servant. I'm going to be served. Probably the angels are talking and, and serve. I don't know. And don't quote me that being Bible either. But anyway, the supper is for the redeemed. It's for us. Because right before that, well, anyway, let's go on. Let's not overlook that interesting statement Jesus made in the uh, uh, upper room to the apostles when he had that last supper with them. This is, this is interesting and this import, is important. Notice what he said in verses 15 and 16 of Luke 22. He said unto them, with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not eat any more, any more eat thereof until, until, not going to eat any more another supper like this until in that day when it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So here's a promise the Lord has given to his apostles. We're having this last supper here and I'm not going to break any more bread. Pass any more wine around until that day and the kingdom of God is fulfilled. Then we'll have another gathering. I wonder what that's going to be like. Oh, my. Oh, my. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Just as a seed that's planted in the ground, if you plant a tomato seed, it's going to grow tomatoes in it. Isn't that terrible? And uh, whatever you sow, that's what's coming up. And if we go by the way of the grave, that's the way we're going to come up. And I don't understand it all because Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that when God comes back, he's going to bring the dead with him. But we beard the dead out there in, 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 in White, White River and, and, and other places where we saw them or their casket at least and said goodbye to their last remains. But yet Paul said he's, when he comes back, he's going to bring them with him. He's bringing Brother Gene. He's bringing Sister Heidi. He's bringing Brother. He's bringing those that we've said goodbye to from in peace. He's bringing them. They're not out there in White River. 
They're not out there in some cemetery in a hole in the ground. No. We just said goodbye to the tabernacle. Goodbye to the body. They are up yonder somewhere with the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul said to be with Christ. That's gain. I have, a, I have a feeling here, Paul said, I'm, I'm between, he didn't say rock and a hard, pl- hard place. That's the way we'd say it, I guess. But in, in, in a difficult strait, having a desire to go and be with the Lord, which is far better. Hallelujah. And again, I haven't got it all figured out. I don't need to figure it out. He's got it all figured out. But when he brings the dead, there's going to something happen to the body that's been planted somewhere. And they're going to be reunited, if you will, and glorified together and rise to meet the Lord in the air. Now, the wording of this verse emphasizes it's the same body, not another body, just different. Because it's glorified. And how this can happen uh, to those, for instance, those that's been burned up in fire. How can that happen? How can that take place? Or those that died at sea or someplace and their, their, their remains were scattered all over the bottom of the sea or the waters. How can it all be brought back together? Well, it was my God, your God that created all the molecules and everything else that they put together to make this body to begin with. And I guarantee you, he can call all those molecules back together and whatever else you say and put them right back. My nose will still be in the same place. My eyes will still be brown, I guess. But anyway, we'll be all as we were to begin with, but glorified. Hallelujah. I'm not going to get tired anymore then. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, I show you a mystery. We're not all going to sleep. We're not all going to sleep. And when he uses this word sleep, don't believe, believe, don't, please don't believe that our loved ones out there in White River are down in Blue Mountain, Mississippi, are sleeping down there. No, they're not. No, they're not. The saints of God are not asleep anywhere. The saints of God are with the Lord. They're in paradise. They're with the Lord in his presence. And they're very much alive, very much active, and very much exciting. Hallelujah. And I'm excited to think about it. We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. And Paul used this phrase, we shall not all sleep. And I wondered when I read that again and again, we shall not all sleep. He's talking about death. We, we. And I know he uses that term collectively referring to the church, but I couldn't help, or I'd say I couldn't. I wondered as well when he said we, if he himself expected the Lord to come in his day so that he as well would be in the rapture. I don't think he thought that, but just, just, just to throw it at you and let you think about it if you want to. But anyway, anyway, with this verse, Paul emphasizes the fact that everyone is going to... Exp- My goodness, is already that time? Everyone's going to, is, is going to experience this, this wonderful experience. There'll be a, a great host of living at the time when the trumpet's going to sound and there's going to be a great host that's, again, have been dead, have been asleep, if you will, in Christ. Verse 52 of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and at the last trump, 
For the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, old brother uh, Burris in St. Louis, he used to, I don't know how many times he told me that. Brother Walls, it's going to be Hallie here and Louie there. I never did have the heart to correct him. He was an aged and nice, beautiful man, Sister Mary Plock's father. But no, it's not going to take place like that. I don't believe. No. What Paul is talking about is the change that takes place in our body. Not the change from here to there. Our change is going to take place right here, and then we're going there. I like... I don't know where I found this, but I like it. And let me share it with you. Rabbi Akiba had this to say about the resurrection trumpet. Listen to this. Mama, how shall the holy, blessed God raise the dead? We are taught that God has a trumpet, a thousand L's long, according to the L of God. This trumpet he shall blow so that the sound of it shall extend from one extremity of the earth to the other. At the first blast, the earth shall be shaken. At the second, the dust shall be separated. At the third, the bones shall be gathered together. At the fourth, the members shall wax warm. At the fifth, the head shall be covered with the skin. At the sixth, the souls shall be rejoined to their bodies. At the seventh, all shall revive and stand clothed. My, that sounds good enough to me. I don't know. I don't know where he got that idea, but it sounds all right. Paul said it's going to take place in a moment in the twinkling of an eye that's going to take place. But I like to think about it when the rapture takes place. Again, this is Brother Walls, chapter 5 this time. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 1, when they met Jesus there at Mount Olivet and said goodbye to him and he to them and ascended away from them. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 9, when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. It wasn't instant, was it? It wasn't a twinkle of an eye from Mount Olivet to beyond the clouds, they watched him as he ascended up until he got out of sight. I believe that's the way it's going to be tomorrow when the Lord comes and the trumpet sounds. Not, not an instantaneous jump, if you will, from here to there, but a change that we're going to rise. I'd like my neighbors, I'd like to see somebody like Mr. Should I get there? I'd like to see somebody like Nancy Pelosi. I'd like to see somebody like Joe Biden, Baden. I'd like to see somebody like that who has shaken their fist in the, in the eyes, of, eyes of God, the face of God, and who made light and fun of apostolic one God, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled people of God. I'd like, I'm in the flesh now, I know that, but uh, that, I, I'm... My flesh is talking now. I'd like for them to see me when I begin to rise. Woo! I'd like for them to see all these apostolic, Jesus' name filled, spirit filled people. Woo! Where are you going, folks? I'm on my way to glory land. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. You know, the Lord just might do that. 
let's get serious now. <laughs> but anyway, my, my, my point is, no, I don't think it's going to be instantaneous one here and then there. I think we're going to rise. I think we're going to rise. I think we're going to feel, of course, obviously, what we have never felt before. Or maybe I shouldn't say it that way. We're going to feel it differently than we've ever felt it before. Because I felt, and I'm feeling something right now, but I've, I've felt the glory of God here tonight. And heavens, we're not going to feel a different spirit. No, no. We'll just be in a different condition. In a different position. But it'll be the same spirit, the same glory. Whether we're walking a street of gold or going through a gate of pearl, it's going to be the same spirit, the same presence, the same. It's going to be home sweet home. Hallelujah. I say it's going to be home sweet home. Hallelujah. I'm going to say goodbye to heartaches and tears and all these frustrations. Let, 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 can I take some more? Anyway, in Revelation chapter 1, 21, listen to this. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. And I, John saw the holy city. That's home. That's home. New Jerusalem. That's home. Home sweet home. Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride. That's us. That's us. Adorned for her husband, that's Jesus. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's home. That's home. That's sweet home. Home, sweet home. Regardless of how peaceful your home is, there's times when there are heartaches. There are times when there are disappointments. I don't care how much you pray at home. I don't care how dedicated and consecrated your building is, your home is. We're flesh, and we're still in this world, and we still have problems. We still have heartaches and frustrations. Sometimes we don't, we don't, we don't uh, dream of heavenly things. Sometimes we have other thoughts that come into our minds in our homes today. But in that home, sweet home, where John's writing about here, no more, no more nightmares, no more heartaches, no more burnt toast, no more, no more. In verse 9, let's drop down to there. There came unto me one of the seven angels that had the seven vials and said, come here, John, I want to show you the bride, mama, the lamb's wife, that's us. He carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, new Jerusalem, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone, most precious, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. I, I, I can, again, only imagine what it's going to be like. I can only imagine that. Amen. Uh, oh, my. Let me not go there. Let's drop down to verse 22. I saw no temple therein in that city. 
new Jerusalem, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. The city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. The kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. The gates of that city shall not be shut at all during the day, for there shall be no night there. In other words, they're open all the time. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it, and there shall no wise, listen to this part, this last part, there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. In that city, there will be no sin in that place. The devil is not welcome in that place. <laughs> in fact, he couldn't get in there if he wanted to, and he would sure like to. Amen. But he's not going there. He's going to that other place. Home, sweet home. Drop down to chapter 22, verse 1. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. It bare 12 manner of fruits. It yielded her fruits. Uh, every month the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more, no more curse, but the throne of God and the the lamb shall be in it. His servants shall serve him and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads and there be no night there. They no need for a candle nor light of the sun for the Lord God giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever <laughs> and ever and ever. That's the redeemed. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 27, the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is what? Death. Death. The last enemy. I'd like to, I, I don't know what I start to say, I'd like to see that funeral, but maybe I wouldn't. But anyway, the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. Death is going to die. And Jesus said in Matthew 8 and 11 that many will come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And this expression from the east to the west, it's speaking about the whole spectrum of humanity, all of this earth. I know it's an expression, east to west. Let me ask you, how far is it from the east to the west? How far is it? How far is it? Uh, the Bible tells us, the psalmist said, that's how far he's removed our sins from us. As far as the east is from the west. There is no measurement. There is no tape measure. There is none whatsoever that's big enough, long enough, strong enough, powerful enough to measure from east to west. If you start west, you'll keep going west. If you start east, you'll keep going east. That's how it's all going to be on that, oh my, on that great tomorrow. Hallelujah. Because they're going to come from every direction. I'm looking forward to that day when I'm going to be able to see that young man. I hope he's still uh, in church and I trust he is. I'd like to see that young man that stood up in that 
bamboo church in uh, Philippines that said, if you had not come, I would not be saved. I'd like to see him on that great day tomorrow and say, hey, brother, it's good to see you again. <laughs> he wasn't talking to me about me because I didn't baptize him. I didn't preach to him in Jesus' name and see him get right with God. But I was sitting next to the missionary who had preached to him and had probably baptized him in Jesus' name. So I took, I took a little bit of credit. <clears throat> if you had not come, I'm looking forward to that day when I can see those in foreign countries, when we all come from the east and the west, the north and the south. Let me throw that in. And we stand together on Hallelujah's Avenue, if there is such a street called that, and raise our voices together and our hands together. And the Bible said, take our crowns and throw them before his throne, for he alone is worthy what a day what a day home sweet home what a day that will be <laughs> hallelujah it's going to be worth it all to describe let me hurriedly read something here to describe conditions on that Wonderful tomorrow. Isaiah spoke a lot about it. In chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 said, It'll come to pass in the last days, the mountain, that is the kingdom, of the Lord's house shall be established, and the top of the mountain shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let's go up to the kingdom of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. and He will teach us of his ways and we'll walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law. And notice what else Isaiah said in chapter 35, verse 8, beginning. Listen to this. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God shall wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth for the Lord has spoken and it shall be said in that day lo this is our God we have waited for him <laughs> oh God hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. we have waited for him and he will save us this is the Lord we have waited for him we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest. Moab, the enemy, shall be trodden down under him as even as straw is trodden down under the, down for the dunghill. Oh, my. And please, two more passages, and I'll close. Still in Isaiah chapter 11. Verse 6, beginning, listen to this. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw just like the ox. The sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall play, put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall never hurt 
nor destroy in all my holy kingdom. For the earth, my, my, for the earth, oh Lord, what a day that's going to be. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. We won't be worrying about another election. You know, right now they, they are, I understand, debating or thinking about it in the process of voting about this equality law, they're calling it. That, that is from, from, I start to say the pits of hell, it's from the devil. But things are changing, folks, changing drastically, and the Lord's getting ready to come. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Lastly, in Isaiah 65, a little bit more, would you stand with me, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, if you would, won't you come up here and join me? a little closer so I can feel a little closer fellowship. I'm going home. Going to a sweet home. I'm going to join you there. What a promise. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.